All right. Is everybody comfortable? It, um, are you comfortable there? You're okay? Okay, no worries. If, uh, if anyone would like to, I mean, these stools are great. You're welcome to sit behind our panelists as well if, if, uh, if that's going to be more comfortable at all. So thank you so much for providing your feedback and your thoughts, your ideas, your comments. I heard lots of really great um, ideas. I really appreciate also the feedback. A lot of support for all of the ideas. And I hope you got to have your say. Uh, and with the dots on each of those posters over there as well, and, and spoke with Helene or Rod or Andrew or Courtney as well. So the next part of, of our M talk today is uh, we'd, we're actually going to have a panel situated up here, of um, people who are currently working on or around the Yarra, and uh, I, I called a couple of them, or they're all sort of experts in a sense of what they do and where they're situated along the Yarra. It's an opportunity, we're going to ask them, thank you Monique, <laughs> it's an opportunity, we're going to ask a few questions, I've got a few preemptive questions, but then we do have a roving microphone for you to ask questions of the panel as well. So I'll give a brief introduction for each of them, uh, what they do, so you understand um, maybe who, who you can ask a question to if there's something of particular interest for you. Uh, first, I'll just start with Chris Chesterfield, if you want to just give a wave, Chris. During his 30-year career in the water and environment industry, Chris has held a number of senior executive roles, including founding CEO of the Office for Living Victoria, nationally recognised for his leadership in waterway and urban water management, and for establishing Melbourne as a world leader in water-sensitive urban design. Chris is a commissioner of the Vic environmental water holder and chairs several advisory committees for the Ministers for Planning, Water and Environment. Since 2014, Chris has been a director of the Cooperative Research Centre for Water Sensitive Cities, leading a number of national research and development projects across Australia and working to promote Australian water innovation internationally. This, I've got another paragraph to go. <laughs> One thing you'll note is Chris is quite uh, an acclaimed uh, expert in this field and we're really fortunate to have you on our panel, Chris. So um, I think you're going to share for three minutes and then I'll ask a couple of questions. Would you like me to start with a couple of questions? Okay, Chris, can, can, you, can you share with us your current role and responsibility? And there's a mic next to you there. Current role and responsibility around the Yarra River, please. Um, current role around the Yarra is, um, I guess I'm just coming off chairing the Yarra Ministerial Advisory Committee, which made a number of recommendations about the governance and management of the Yarra, which has resulted in um, new legislation and a proposal to establish a Birrarung um, Rivers Council. Um, off the back of that, I've been asked to chair an interim um, committee, a sort of precursor to the Birrarung River Council, while I go through all the processes of, um, of setting, setting that up. I guess other than that, I don't have any formal role with the Yarra. Um, I've got to a certain point in my life now where um, I pursue things that are of... Um, of interest to me. The Yarra's always been a passion. I've been, you know, really much involved in managing um, or, or, you know, working with the Yarra since the early 1990s with um, Melbourne Parks and Waterways, um, Melbourne, Melbourne Water. I built the, um, the first part of the floating trail on the north side of the Yarra that goes past um, Burnley Harbour um, and, you know, a number of other um, projects um, on the Yarra over time. So, I sort of, um, I, you know, I have had stints as acting operations manager, working out of the out of um, Burnley Harbour. Many years ago, I was general manager of the Waterways Group at Melbourne Water for um, over six years. So I've had a just this ongoing association, and I've just come from having rowed on the river um, this morning. So I started rowing in my fifties 
as well. So I enjoy that direct contact with the river too. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, what we'll do is we'll, I'll introduce some, the next person and ask them a question and then we'll go on through the panel. Okay. Paul Shannon, if you want to give a wave, Paul. Paul Shannon is the General Manager of Government and Industry Relations for Life Saving Victoria, where he helps lead the strategic direction in which state and national resources are used to prevent drowning. As part of his role managing community and government partnerships, Paul chairs the Play It Safe by the Water Industry, Media and Communications Group, the Victorian Swimming Pool and Spa Safety Committee, the Inland Waterway Drowning Prevention Project, and manages community issues-based working groups that advocate for action on drowning prevention. He's passionate about our waterways and believes that the benefits of being in and around water far outweigh any associated risks. Awesome. What do you reckon, Paul? Should we swim in the river? Uh, I think absolutely. I think we've got a bit of work to do, but um, you know, especially these days where we have so much discussion around community resilience, and from a drowning perspective, um, you know, we're seeing you know kids coming out of primary school with without the understanding of water and the difference between you know controlled water environments and and not controlled water environments and. I think you know the, the Yarra River is just a, a wonderful opportunity, um, as is Port Phillip Bay, both totally underutilised, uh, you know, natural assets that, that we have. Fantastic, great, excellent to have you on the panel, Kate Nagato. Kate, there, Kate Nagato is a regional manager at North East Waterways and Land at Melbourne Water. Her team is responsible for managing the environment condition, environmental condition of waterways and wetlands in the Yarra River catchment, as well as managing the major stormwater drainage network and various land assets. They work in partnership with councils, agencies, community groups to improve the health of the Yarra and its tributary streams, as well as facilitating improved recreational outcomes. That's awesome. Kate has worked in various strategic planning and operational executive roles at Melbourne Water over the past eight years. Years, and prior to that worked in various government consulting roles. So you're passionate about helping people focus on the things that make a real difference to the environment we live in and visit. Kate, what's your, what's your passion about the river? What would you like to see around the river? And to this end, you are working closely with the Yarra Strategic Plan. Can you tell us what you are doing on that? Sure. Um, so what am I passionate about the river? I would say I've seen, I've had the opportunity that not many people have to have seen the river from the top to the bottom, um, particularly up in some of the closed catchment areas that, that really no one gets access to, to see what the river used to look like in that really pristine form, all the way down to the bottom where, you know, we're trying to uh, find opportunities to get people more connected with the river. Um, how can you expect someone to love something that they don't know? And so the more people get to visit the river, the more they start to appreciate what it offers to us, not just from an environmental perspective, but also as a community, as a place to go and visit. Um, and then they can start to think more about, well, actually, I'm not quite pleased with the condition that it's in. What can I now do to help improve it to get it even better? Um, so that's kind of some of the passion stuff, I guess, for me. In terms of the Yarra Strategic Plan, uh, so um, I'm working closely with the team that, that, involve, uh, that are involved in leading that on behalf of uh, the Indigenous groups and a range of community agencies within Melbourne Water as well, uh, and really looking at how the on-ground experiences that I hear about day-to-day -day when I'm dealing with um, community members and stakeholders and groups, that we can feed some of that stuff in to make sure that, that what we're hearing is actually you know, what ends up in the plan. So. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, next is Daniel Manley. And Daniel, I don't have a long um, bio for you. Uh, Daniel Manley is the marketing manager for HQ Group, who own and manage Arbury Afloat. All-round nice guy, 
beautiful white shirt today, or if that's pink, I'm a little bit colorblind, please forgive me. Daniel, what's your relationship to the river, and what are you doing over there? Yeah, thanks, Reese. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I'm marketing manager for HQ. Um, uh, we started, we've been working um, along the river for the last, uh, operating for the last three years at um, Arbury Bar and Eatery, um, which is located on the North Bank on the old Sand Ridge rail, ra- Railway Line. Um, that uh, was a was a four year project to um to, to get up and you know for those who haven't been there it's a 150 meter long um, bar and restaurant that's open from 7:30 in the morning to one o'clock at night. Um, and prior to opening, you know it was a it was a derelict part of Melbourne that was really unsafe. Um, you know a lot of homelessness and you know sort of um, you know just a really nasty part of Melbourne and now it's sort of added to a you know a real um, you know, added to Riverland and Pilgrim and, and other um, surrounding businesses. In 2015, we, um, we trialled a concept um, called uh, Arbury Afloat, and, um, which saw 160 square metres of, of a floating sort of uh, R&R restaurant again, um, trialled for, for a two-week period in November. And recently, um, we won a tender to, um, for, for a larger concept, which is, is, is floating and as- access from the North Bank, um, in addition to um, uh, Superfish, which is on the on the south side um, between Southgate and, and Crown Casino, um, so yeah, perfect, awesome. Thank you for that, uh, Joe Richards. Second last, sorry, Monique, <laughs> you, I've got you shortly. Joe Richards is the regional director of Melbourne Marine and Maritime Parks Victoria. She has operational management responsibility for the Yarra and Maribyrnong rivers, as well as Port Phillip and Western Port. Gee, that's a big area. She has been with Parks Victoria for 23 years and in that time has occupied a number of both operational and planning roles, having spent three years as the ranger in charge of the Yarra River in the late 1990s and early 2000s. She is familiar with many of the operational and environmental challenges of the river. Joe is also a member of the City of Melbourne's Parks and Gardens Advisory Committee. Joe, what do you love about the river? And I would also like to ask a question, considering the huge area you look after, which part of the river do you love the most as well? Well, that's, um, that's a... a uh, so long as my staff aren't here to hear that answer, because I tell them I love their bits all the time. Um, what was the? F- oh, what do I love about the river? Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, I'd have to agree with Kate that um, I've also had the opportunity to see the river from right up. You know, Parks Victoria um, manage a big stretch, not just my stretch. So my stretch is from Dites Falls down. Um, but what I love about it is I think it tells the story right from the top right through to the bottom. It, it's a great canvas to tell the whole story of Melbourne. So you've got, you know, the agricultural history that's still there and right through to industry and then the city. So I love that aspect of it. Um, I'd have to say my favourite part of the river is Herring Island. So um, if you haven't been to Herring Island, you need to get out because I'd um, reinforce what Andrew was saying. You can be in on the island and you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere so I think um, that's probably my favourite part of the river and I would also say that if you haven't seen the river from being on the water it gives you and travel all the way up as far as you can it gives you a whole different perspective of um, what the river means and how it relates to the land so I think that's probably my favourite bit. Perfect excellent 
all of it was, I think, what I got from that. <laughs> Monique Woodward. Monique Woodward is co-founder of award-winning practice Wawawa. Hopefully I got that right. Architecture. Sessional tutor at Monash and RMIT universities. Uh, call out to all the RMIT students here today. Thank you. Australian Institute of Architects Victorian Chapter Council. Councillor, sorry, Small Practice Forum co-chair, Nightingale Housing Licensee and host of Channel 31's Community Designs TV shows. That's a lot of things. Working alongside Scott Woodward and Andre Bonici, hopefully, Wawawa celebrates Australian culture translated into architectural ambition for both residential and civic scales and has been widely published, both in Australia and internationally. In 2015, Monique won the National Emerging Architect Dulux Study Tour Prize, the longest prize name in the world, and now has a team of nine designing from a shop front in Rathdown Street, Carlton North, true local. Uh, Monique, how can we really achieve a livable and swimmable Yarra? I think it's through forums like this, for example. Um, you know, we're really passionate about public space. Um, you know, as you said, we do a lot of teaching. Um, and so, you know, I threw, you know, it is um, a project like this really is about minds and hearts. And, um, you know, it's, it's by getting a lot of students involved who have, you know, created the beautiful drawings that are behind you. I mean, um, you know, they've done a lot of research. They're just at the start of their... Um, at the start of their journey, they've, they've, we've sent them up to a lot of watering holes to start to really document these natural spaces. Um, you know, the students are looking at a lot of um, a lot of pools to do to do research, and I guess it is through um, through producing content and um, creating, I guess, sexy images for people to get excited by. Um, I guess that's how we see um, you know our role in moving forward and making yeah a swimmable Yara. Excellent. Thank you. So you can see we, here we have uh, six amazing people in lots of different areas across the Yarra River. I would really encourage you to think of a question that you can ask them now. I'm going to open up with one to the panel. But while I do that, if you have a question, do you want to put up your hand? Roy has got a microphone. He's going to travel around. And hopefully uh, you've thought of something that you can ask our wonderful panellists. So this is a question open to the panel and, uh, and whoever would like to jump in first, which is uh, what do you think the community and all of us here today can do to help bring some of these projects or other initiatives around the Yarra? What can we do today about, about the, making a uh, livable and suitable Yarra? I'm happy to have a go. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, you go. No, you go ahead, Kate, and then Monique will go next. Um, I mean, I guess it would be about getting involved. I mean, we've started, um, you know, there's a lot of dots um, that we can see on the user needs guideline. I think it is about, you know, truly getting involved because we, um, you know, we are really at the start of that journey and I think that it is about um, community engagement and you telling us, you know, what it is that you actually want. I mean, um, you know, the, the students will be, um, you know, taking a lot of the outcomes um, and information that we get today and um, they're doing a week-long intensive at the NGV um, as part of the pool exhibition. There's a there's a lovely synergy there and so they're doing a, a week-long um, intensive. So, yeah, if you... In, in, it's starting um, next week or the week after... Um, uh, finishing on the the January second, and so yeah, if you have any ideas, um, please feel free to come along to the NGV and um, actually chat to the students. Um, but I think it is you know really about um, you know getting involved and um, 
and, um, you know, being a participant because I guess um, that's how, you know, stories start to um, – and information is exchanged and I think that, um, you know, it is, you know, this amazing journey to get involved with, yep. Great segue into what I was going to say, um, which is um, the Yarra Strategic Plan is a great opportunity for people to be involved. So we've spoken to a lot of people already, to um, particularly following on from the work that Chris led with the Ministerial Advisory Council, really understanding what do people want for the river, what do they want to see. Uh, and we've got a fantastic group of really passionate community members, um, about 24 people that have been selected uh, out of 300-odd who submitted their names to be part of a community assembly to really identify... Uh, what is the vision for the community for the Yarra River? What do we want it to look like 50 years from now? But following that, we've got a lot more engagement to do with the community around understanding, well, what are the things we can do to get there? So if that's where we want to be in 50 years, what do we want to do? Um, what are some of the great ideas to activate the space? What are the ideas to um, improve the environmental condition? What are the ways that we can better understand the Indigenous history of the river, where it's come from and how they managed it for decades, uh, decades, hundreds of thousands of years, um, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of years to, to be the river that it was and that we've significantly altered in a very short space of time. So really understanding all of that. Um, so great opportunity put to put your views forward and we're really going to do a lot more community consultation in April. So um, imagine the yarrow.com.au is, is the website where you can go to log in and, and get updates and, and be aware of when those sessions are. And I really do encourage, if you are as passionate about the river as you clearly are because you're here today, that's a great forum for you to uh, engage with. Excellent. Joe, do you have a brief yeah, response to that? On a really practical note, I'd say come to people like me or, or the organisations that um, you might see when you're going through your process to get an event or an activity up that you might see us as being the ones who might put barriers in front of you. I would say come and talk to us as early as possible. You don't have to have, you know, a formed up idea, but to be able to come to us so that we can help you through the process rather than come up with some really formed ideas and have done all that work and then find out that there's certain barriers or there's other things that you need to tick. So I guess my best advice is when you have that first spring of an idea, come to the agencies that you're going to have to work with and, and work as a partnership to try and get through some of the, um, and believe me, I know it better than anyone, some of the red tape and legislation and all of that sort of thing. It's so much easier to know what your end point is and, and come at the start so we can help work through it. Fantastic. Thank you for that. We have a question up here. Would you mind just introducing yourself? Just give your name and then, and then ask your question. Hi, uh, my name's Andrew. Um, my question's really around, I suppose, the livable aspects of the river and um, looking at what can we do, what, what are some ideas of what can be done today to encourage existing uses of the river? Um, I, I have a portable kayak and, uh, you know, I love the idea of what Courtney's doing with the inflatable regatta and a lot of people just really don't believe that you're allowed to go out and use the river and it feels like there's a lot of barriers to entry and as also as Courtney said where it's like you have to proactively go and seek that information um, is there, uh, you know I really believe that encouraging people to use it as you can right now will sort of encourage awareness and those sorts of things and um, yeah so that would be my thing is like how can we proactively look at existing uses to get more of the community to engage with the river and also for Arbury afloat, can I have a mooring spot that I can come up and <laughs> can I have a mooring spot where I can come up? It's hard to it's hard to get off when I'm in that part of town. But 
Good. Thank you, Andrew. Anyone from the panel? That's an absolute fair question because over the Christmas holidays I got a text message from one of Parks Victoria's executive directors who'd bought herself a kayak and she texted me saying, can I kayak up the river? Which seemed extraordinary that she works for our organisation and she didn't know. So um, I was fortunate enough last year to work on a project called Strengthening Parks Victoria where we went to the community and that was probably the thing we heard the loudest was... I go onto your website and I hear how you manage the parks, but I don't really care. I just want to make sure that you're managing them. I want to know what I can do. So we're actually going through and um, doing a whole new revamp of our website to make that information far more accessible about what, you know, I trust that you're managing the parks, but what can I actually do in them? Um, so that's um, one thing that we are trying to do because we've heard that loud and clear from our visitors. Dudley Park, above Dites Falls the other yeah. day. And I'm the only person there. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's what we've been talking about the whole time is um, for a long time Melbourne turned its back on the river and I worked on the river when f the Federation Square competition came out to design Federation Square and the boundary for the competition stopped about 200 metres short of the river. And now you'll see they're trying to turn that round really rapidly because they've realised. And I think it's, it's a long process, but getting information and continually activating. So things like Arbury Afloat, Superfish, the inflatable regatta, where we just have this constant activation that make people realise that they can get out and use the river. Excellent. Anyone else have a really brief response from the panel? I'm looking for any questions here, but I've got... Falon, or you got... Go ahead, please. Just a quick one. Sorry, sorry would you mind just introducing... Or give your name and then ask, you, ask the question? Sorry. That's uh, okay. Lynn Oak. It's Lynn. I come from the Yarra. Grew up in it. Love it. <laughs> I want to know, can you paddle up to the Arbory and get self-service there? <laughs> <laughs> Good, thanks, Lynn. Paddle through. Uh, <laughs> so, um, sorry, I can confirm that you can paddle up to... Uh, Arbury Float and, and um, safely more. The only um, condition from um, uh, our local ranger, Adina, is, is that we don't interfere with any of the traffic. So um, a lot of the commercial um, boat operators um, and a lot of the rowing boats use that as well. So it's a shared space and we just need to be mindful of that. Um, I got an email yeah, two days ago. Um, a, a local journalist story, I think his name was Steve McNeil, uh, published a story, exactly that, kayaking through Melbourne and pulling up to Arbury Float. So it was, you know, awesome for an for a, you know, international title to pick that up and run that story. Awesome. Maybe next year we need to put some pontoons next to it <laughs> if it goes again. Great question. <laughs> Who now is looking to buy a kayak? No. Don't drink and drive is the other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got about 20% of drowning deaths in this state are all attributed to alcohol on, on the water, so <laughs> just keep that in mind. Well, Paul, Paul, keep the, Paul keep the mic, because maybe I'll ask you a question then, which is we, we do actually have a couple of deaths in this city from drownings in, in the Yarra River. Can you tell us a bit, I guess, what, what do you understand that to be? And, and you know, d does making the Yarra swimmable actually go against maybe some of your activities at all? So, so nationally, um, per length of river, the CBD in Melbourne is the most dangerous waterway in Australia. It's the, it's the third, um, has the third highest amount of fatalities um, nationally. Uh, so, it sits so it sits behind the Brisbane River. So Murray River, Brisbane River, and then Yarra River. But as a 
you know, obviously the Murray River is a, a very long river, covers three states, but per kilometre, um, you know, we on average get about two drowning deaths in, in the CBD, um, and a, lo- a lot of those are alcohol-related. Um, now, does that, uh, from a safety perspective, there's an argument that would say that the more people that are using the river, the, the actual safer it becomes. And again, we see that coastally. Um, you know, we've got a lot of people, visitors, you know, look down along the Great Ocean Road and some of our most dangerous beaches there, you would think we would actually have more um, drownings or, you know, injuries. But in actual fact, there's so many people looking at the water because it's, it's such an attraction that those incidents are really grabbed early. So... Um, you know, the amount of water usage, if it's being done, you know, in a smart and responsible way, um, you know, I, I think having more people using it, more people looking at it, there's an argument to say that it actually does make it safer. Excellent. Anyone else from the panel want to make a comment about that at all? That's, Paul, Paul, that's your game. That's excellent. Question here. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, and is my name. I'm interested in the ecological perspective on the river and I think one of the really lovely things about this project is that by improving the water quality for people it also improves it for other critters and other life but also we know from looking at settlement that often the more people there are it tends to displace other things and other kinds of ecologies I guess. I'm just wondering if anyone has any perspectives or something to offer to that question. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you, Fiona. As speaking at, from Melbourne Water, who are the caretakers of River Health for the Yarra, um, really our, our remit is to really tr- look at how we can enhance those and certainly protect what we've got, but enhance um, or, and improve them as we go. Uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the, the health of the Yarra River. I think there's an assumption that because it's brown that it, it's therefore dirty, which it's not. Um, the brown is actually just suspended silt particles. But, you know, you look at the, the at Port Phillip Bay and it's blue, therefore it must be clean. Um, you look at the air and it's brown, therefore it must be dirty, but it's not actually true. Um, and if you look at other... Urban, urban city kind of waterways, Yarra actually comparatively is pretty good. Um, that said, it's not nearly as good as we want it to be. Um, it's certainly a lot better than it was 150 years ago. It's a lot better than it was 50 years ago. Um, and over the last sort of 30 years with the massive amount of development that's happened in Melbourne, the fact that we've really managed to hold water quality pretty stable is a phenomenal effort uh, given the amount of enormous development that's happened in the Yarra's catchment. I mean, we've got a third of, a third of Victoria's population um, yeah, would be living in the Yarra catchment. And it's a lot of people. Um, and stormwater really brings, every time it rains, all the contaminants that are in the catchment come down the, you know, the little drains on the side of your road into the big drains and then straight into the river. So that's how the contaminants get into the river. It's when it rains, it washes off the hard surfaces. So if there's something we want to do to improve it, that's really where we should be focusing a lot of our efforts in how can we stop those contaminants washing into the river in the first place. And effective stormwater controls are a good way to do that because that that wrecks everything in the river, not just water quality for people, but water quality for, for the little border bugs that are at the bottom end of the ecosystem all the way through to the platypus, for example, that that live off those. So um, there's also a lot of work that we do to, to try and improve um, the health, uh, uh, sorry, not the health, the, uh, the habitat that these bugs and, and critters live in. Um, you know, in the last 
four and a half years, we've probably planted close to 300 kilometres of vegetation um, to provide some of that habitat. So it's a lot of things that we can do, um, but I would say that probably the number one thing that we can all do would be around stormwater and stopping that from running off your own property by putting in rainwater tanks or rain gardens, things like that are things that you can do. Excellent. Chris, yeah, brief response to that as well? Yeah, just, just um, a brief one. Um, you know, Rod and Andrew have both mentioned, I guess, the, the modifications for the Yarra. So I guess that issue of, you know, what do we want from the river and what ecology, what, what health, what condition do we expect for different reaches? I mean, if you go to the upper reaches of the Yarra, you're in closed catchments. Some of those are the most, some of the most pristine waterways in Australia. There's no human habitation up there. Um, but obviously down here, there's been massive modifications of the river. And you go back to the early 1990s when I first started working in waterways, the MMBW used to maintain a cross-section on the Yarra River um, with a, um, a, dre- a, a bucket dredge. So there used to be a, a, a bucket dredge operating off a, off a platform virtually permanently on the river to maintain uh, a design cross-section on the river, believing that that's what was needed in order to pass the 100-year flow. I look at the river now compared to then, and I've been rowing on the Yarra for about 10 years now. I have even noticed a difference because there's very little dredging activity. The rowers complain about that all the time. But there's so much more bird life coming back. There's so, much, there's so many more mac- areas of macrophytes and so on on the river. So we can sort of get a balance, but this lower Yarra is a, is a very artificial and highly managed system now so we've got to be clear about what objectives i think we want to get we want to get from it thanks for that chris monique did you have a, a view yeah just that? i guess quickly um you know i think um for the people that had a look at the you know a lot of the drawings i mean they we are sort of looking at um or we feel that there's an opportunity to look at natural um water systems and you know you know we talk about um you know swimming in the yarra a pool in the yarra it doesn't necessarily need to be um, just a yeah an Olympic size pool that's you know that's crystal clear like there is um, an opportunity to actually create um, a different kind of um, swimming opportunity in public space and I think that um, by actually uh, you know if that's what people were interested in which I think that they are um, there's opportunities to you know collaborate really really heavily with um, with people with urban designers with landscape architects um, you know people that are on this panel here um, to actually you know really think about these things because if you've got people down there um, in these natural environments I think it's a an amazing opportunity to learn about um, what's within them and um, to be, you know, in amongst um, critters and, I don't know, frogs or whatever. Um, so, um, you know, so I think it's, it's an opportunity to create different swimming environments and um, that, you know, are really pleasurable to, to swim in that you don't need to drive, um, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. Um, so I think that there's a lot of learning opportunities there. I add to that too, you know, what is yeah. swimmable and there's a tension between what's an ecologically healthy system and what people might think is a swimmable environment because we think of swimmable in terms of swim pools and often people talk about a clean Yarra. Uh, natural systems are not clean. They're, they're full of animals, they're full of organic material, they're full of bugs, bacteria and so on. I don't know whether a lot of people in this room would necessarily feel comfortable swimming in that 
sort of environment. So, you know, that's where I really like the concept of, you know, the Yarra pools, I guess, because that's creating an environment that doesn't mean we've got to, you know, clean out... Go back to that thinking of the early 1990s where we have a designer river that, you know, meets these expectations about neatness and, you know, cleanliness in a sense. Okay. Yeah, and I think that there's an opportunity to, um, you know, uh, you know, we're sort of imagining that the interventions that we do um, down where we're testing a site um, at Enterprise Park. And so I think there's an opportunity for this to be, you know, a really long game. I think, you know, cleaning up the Yarraways is a long game vision and, um, you know, that there can be, you know, small interventions that grow um, over time and that, um, you know, we don't know what the first step is. You know, maybe there's, yeah, there is a bar down there or maybe there's food trucks or, um, you know, maybe there is small watering holes or I don't know, there's just so many um, activities that could happen down there to actually bring people, activate it with White Night and those kind of, um, yeah, really Melbourne events and, um, you know, the possibilities are kind of en- endless. So I think, yeah. That's fantastic. Monique, you've hit the nail on the head. I remember talking to Michael about the fact that cleaning up the Yarra and making a swimmable Yarra was something that would keep me at my desk in my engineering consultancy firm for the next 30 years and something that I would happily work towards. I think, you know, it's something that we, you can get behind and, and really, you know, appreciate the vision of and something really to, to, to leave to future generations. Uh, Daniel, I've got a question for you. Presumably the uh, Arbury Afloat initiative uh, is, is somewhat lucrative. Uh, and that would lead me to think that there are perhaps other opportunities along the R River where there's spaces and areas not currently being utilised or underutilised, perhaps for commercial gain, but actually really to see new businesses and new initiatives come to bear. Can you give us a bit of um, an understanding of how the Arbury Float came about and how long of a process was that and, and, and what do you think we could actually do along other areas of the river? <clears throat> Yeah, so as mentioned before, um, we trialled Arbury Float in um, 2015. Um, we wanted to people to embrace the the, um, the North Bank in particular, and um, during the construction phase, um, uh, a builder actually hit like a large underground power line, which shut down the site for for quite some time. <laughs> which um, then moved um, our operation to operating in, in winter, which makes it particularly hard for a, for a new venue, especially when we're completely outdoors. Um, we've got a little bit of umbrellas, uh, umbrella shade, but um, there's, no, there's no major structure. Um, and so we, we actually went down and, and visited, you know, Ark Mofo um, in the height of winter down in Hobart, and, you know, and the take-home from that was, you know, if you keep people, um, if you keep people engaged with music or performance or a new experience they're less worried about the environment wind water um climate flies yeah flies exactly so um you know coming out of coming out of winter into spring we wanted to come come out with you know a new idea so that stage i think there was a you know there was a, a different um ceo at parks vic but you know we just sort of we knocked on a lot of different doors and, and, and basically went through um, a process which they um, had at the time, which was basically like an event permit. So we came with them with this event idea and we ran it for two weeks and I think we actually en- ended up maybe squeezing like an extra week. And it was really good and, um, you know, it was really good in terms of an experience point of view. It was a commercial, certainly not. 
um, it was you know it was like a lost letter, but it was it was about getting people excited about the North Bank and, and the city. Cool. Um, in 2016, we we went back again and said, you know, can we do it? Can it be longer? And and the feedback was like, yeah, we like it, but it's not high priority. And then late last year, October last, uh, August last year, um, there was actually um, a tender process and there were three, three locations earmarked and one was um, where Arbury Float is, the other is Superfish, as mentioned, and then the third one was at the bottom of Anderson Street Hill, um, just near the tan. Um, and only two of those sites came, came, came up. I think the, um, the powerful... Um, rowing bodies uh, were a bit uh, a bit upset that you know we're, there was going to be a, a food and beverage offering in their turning basin, so that didn't go ahead. But um, it has been it has been um, a, a great success for for us and you know as a business and and also our, you know storytelling within the city, um, you know and we're a part of a lot of events whether it's Melbourne Festival, um, White Night. Melbourne Food and Wine, those sort of initiatives, and and you know they they are less so, but it's about like you know getting people together, one spot and being really proud, and so that's that's what um, that's what we hope to um you know continue to do, um, whether it's Courtney and Lee at um, inflatable regatta, um, Yarra pools, you know a floating cinema, like we want to see more people, more activation. People kayaking to work. You know, my phone. My phone has rung up with a bloke asking if he can store his kayak at Arbury so he can kayak into work. Um, cool. Unfortunately, we don't have the space to um, run a kayak concierge, but um, <laughs> a business opportunity. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for anyone having. Um, but yeah, that's good. Perfect. Can I just say yeah, please, the Joe, expression of interest that we put out for this for those three locations. Um, it's really a trial, so we'll take all the information. And so far, we haven't had a lot of negative feedback about what's happening on the river with Arbury or Superfish. Um, and so if, you know, at the end of it, when we do sort of the assessment of how it went, um, if it's successful, we'll be looking at running it again, but opening it up. So those locations were really chosen because we knew that people could do it quickly, that there were particular, you know, power and water and those sorts of things. Um, but definitely it's something that Parks Victoria would look at in the future. With um, And we've had these conversations internally about it would be great to see perhaps something other than just food and bev. So, you know, is there opportunities for broadening it out? Um, we've been talking to people down at South Wharf and um, lots of other opportunities along the river, but really making sure that our end um, objectives are about activating the river for the community and for Melbourne as a whole. So um, with that comes some transparency that we need to make sure we run with. Okay, thank you. Now we have time for two more questions. So one here, and Tom, you've got your hand up as well for a question. Okay. Go uh, yeah, howdy, I'm Tom. I did have a question, but I forgot it. So <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry, Tom, I kept you waiting so long. How about from one Tom to another Tom? Um. I guess this is a question not only for the panel but for everyone here, given that we've got so many river enthusiasts. Um, hidden treasures that you're happy to share? Cool. Maybe some places, 20 minutes walk from here, it's a sunny afternoon, things that people should see more of. I'll do a little plug. Herring Island, the uh, Summer Art Festival is on, so if you haven't been to Herring Island, jump on the punt and go across. Um, and that's, that's definitely a hidden treasure, I think. Yep. Anyone else? 
Olambolan Billabong. Um, we've done a lot of work with the Runjuri to rehabilitate it now, and it's just phenomenal. And if you ever want to feel feel what the Indigenous people got to feel like um, in terms of their connection to place, that's one of those places. It's so special to the Indigenous people of, of Melbourne, um, but it's such a beautiful uh, respite. You, you, Again, like Herring Island, you can be standing there and you, you can't hear the city. It just feels like you're in the middle of nowhere. It's just beautiful. Thank you, Kate. Olin Bolin in Bulleen. Bulleen. Yep, just behind the Veneto Club. Paul, your suggestion? Yeah, my, mine's a pearl of wisdom. Have, have a read of a book called uh, Blue Mind, if you haven't already, by Wallace Nichols, which talks about the psychology of being in, on and around water. I think that's a, a really good story to tell because from a science perspective, you know, we're talking about using functional MRIs and, and the like to actually um, be able to measure the, ben- the benefits in some sort of tangible way. And I think it puts another really good piece to the argument on the, the health and wellbeing side. Fantastic. Chris, one suggestion from you? A uh, real quick one, something easy to get to. Go and stand under the Moreton Bay Fig along the south side of the Yarra opposite um, Studley Park between the Walmer Street footbridge and Flockhart Street. There's no trail there. It's a bit of a goat track. It's one of those undeveloped parts of the river. But it's, um, you know, it's one of those uh, secret places that is, um, before long it's going to be opened up for greater community access, I'm That's sure. That's now not so secret. Um, I think uh, everyone should, should try and get hold of um, uh, a Melbourne photographer's book, um, Angus O'Callaghan, and he's got some classic photographs um, of uh, what, what sat, um, well, yeah, what sat at Federation Square, the old um, gas and electrical corporation, and a lot of images of the Yarra, super wide and you know really really beautiful. So yeah, I think you can probably get it at Metropolis at Curtin House or up to NG, uh, the State Library and, and see if you can seek it out. Good pick. Okay. Anyone else suggestions on places to go or a question? Okay, we'll come back to you in just a second. Suggestions on places to go? Under the Westgate Bridge. Get... Under the Westgate Bridge where you can get right down to the river. It's beautiful there. And you can go across the river to Spotswood and the pumping station. Fantastic. Any other suggestions? While you're handing the microphone round, I'll go with another one. Um, So in Yarraben Park, um, we've um, been working with Parks Vic and there's now some steps so you can get down into the water there. Um, It's a bit like the steps we've put in in Warburton so you can actually get in um, for swimming. Warburton, if you haven't been up there and you want to swim in the river, it is phenomenal and there's a beautiful spot just down in the township there where we've built these steps and you can literally walk right into the water. But if you want a more local example, then Yarraben Park, same thing. And while you're on Yarraben Park, if you've never rowed down from Fairfield Boathouse or up from Studley Park Boathouse to the, where the bats roost on the river, it's like a prehistoric experience rowing under I've got another all those one too. Bats. If you're yeah. looking, If you're looking for a good event space, the Port Education Centre down near Westgate Park, if you want to see what a working commercial port, you'll be in the middle of a meeting and to see a huge container ship go past that you feel like you can almost reach, it, it provides, again, another part of a different view of the river. Monique. One last one. <laughs> That's all right. This is, um, this, is, this is the thing. There are a myriad yeah. of, number of places and, and yep. spaces. Go ahead. Um, I guess the, the site that we're actually looking at is Enterprise Park. Um, and, uh, you know, for those who don't know, there used to be a waterfall um, uh, in that, um, near that site along the bridge. And, um, you know, the Yarra actually used to be, um, you know, 
very drinkable. It used to be a water source. It used to be this amazing fresh um, fresh water would sort of flow into the, the salt water and there was this waterfall there that got sort of blown up. But um, there is, um, I think, yeah... Uh, but there is, you know, one of the rocks or a few of the rocks still there and it, and it is sort of a really remarkable um, experience to kind of look down at these rocks that used to form this waterfall and, um, you know, it's a really humbling experience. So. And there is, a, there is a, a Yarra River walk that you can do that the Koori Heritage Council organised, which takes you from Fed Square down to that location there, I think. And, uh, and you can do that. I think it's maybe an hour and a half or thereabouts, and you get to hear and understand about the cultural um, significance of that area, just as Monique was talking about. We have time for one very last, very quick question. Uh, the mic is nowhere near. to hear from like such a range of different approaches that people have had or like you know expert expertise um how can you guys work together as coming from different disciplines or different practice bodies you know drawing on chris's research and like the great work that the crc produces or marketing or architecture how can they work together to achieve the common goal of a livable swimble yarra are you guys currently working on things do you hope to work on something in the future together Two responses from the panel, and you're limited to three sentences. Go ahead. Um, certainly, I spoke about this earlier before. Certainly, having a forum like this and asking people from different agencies to come together, you seem to get a better result. Um, it certainly is a, a massive challenge um, with bureaucracy. Um, you know, Monday to Friday, trying to get people to find um, time out of their day jobs, especially um, in my field, which is safety, which is um, always has plenty of negative connotations and there's nothing sexy about it so it, it's very hard um, from my perspective but certainly forums like this and um, pretty much everyone here um, you know I've sat on a committee with at some stage and you know certainly I, I think there is um, the will to collaborate um, but certainly the, there's logistical things that we need to overcome. Thank you. I'd say you'd be surprised at how much collaboration already happens. Pretty much every project that my team delivers is done in collaboration with either another agency or a community group or a private landholder or a government group. So um, there's a lot of collaboration that already happens. You just don't necessarily see it when you see the finished product. Um, I would say the more there is strong community um, support for a project, the better the chance you have of getting something up, particularly I would say in this year, given that it's an election year, if there's really strong support for things, you might want to go talk to your local member of parliament, just a suggestion, didn't hear it from me. Yeah, Paul. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> do two sentences. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you, Kate. Uh, I think, last last um, word, Joe. Yeah, I just think the Yarra strategy is... I've, I've worked in, the, in and out of the Yarra, if you like, for the last 20 years and I've probably talked about it more in the last 18 months than I think I did when, even when I was working on it every single day and I think it's that Yarra strategy has really brought a whole lot of people together that were probably having informal conversations or a chat at the end of a meeting or something like that. It's really focused a whole lot of agencies and a whole lot of people on this stretch of river from the top to the bottom. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, so that brings us to the end of our MTalk uh, event, and we really appreciate your attendance here with us. Can I ask that you would just give, uh, give a warm hand to our pitches earlier, our pitch presentations, and also to our panel. We really appreciate 
we really appreciate you coming down today and taking the time out from your schedules to hear from our panel, hear from our pitches, and also to take the time to give your opinion on the back on the posters. If you haven't already done so, then we'd encourage you to do that. In we, we, before the five minutes, we we pack everything up again. Uh, and thank you. I hope that you'll keep this conversation going in amongst yourselves. Find some way that you can be involved. Either talk to one of the panelists or talk to someone who gave a pitch, and find a way that you can be involved in one of these initiatives. So thank you very much.